We're going to continue. Whoop. We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes this morning. We're right at the end of chapter eight. If you want to turn there, Ecclesiastes chapter eight, right at the end. Now, last week we saw that we need to live the truth of God in a world that lies. The world lies to us, and we need to live the truth in the midst of those lies. It's not, it's not only our challenge, it's been the challenge of every God-fearing person in history to live the truth in a world that lies. And we saw that last week, and we saw that there are sometimes unexpected outcomes. Now, we talked about how the world's outcomes are sometimes unexpected, how the, the righteous receive what the wicked should get, and the wicked receive what the righteous should get. And, and Solomon talked about how unexpected outcomes. Well, I think when he, when, we, when he looks today, what he says is that God works in mysterious ways, that sometimes there's unexpected outcomes even with God. And so we're going to see that as we read this morning. We're just going to read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. And they will be up here behind me. Starting in verse 16, it says, When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the activity that's done on the earth, even though one's eyes do not close in sleep day or night, I observed all the work of God and concluded that a person is unable to discover the work that is done under the sun. Even though a person labors hard to explore it, he cannot find it, even if a wise person claims to know it, he's unable to discover it. So first, let's put this in its context and talk about verse 15, because verse 15 kind of leaves off where, where we need to pick up. Verse 15 says, So I commended enjoyment, because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat, drink, and enjoy himself. For this will accompany him in his labor all the during the days of his life that God gives him under the sun. And we talked about that's, that's really uh, Solomon's uh, advice for life. Live the truth in a world that lies and find joy in life. Find joy. And, and we know from, from Ecclesiastes, from the end of chapter 5, we know joy, true joy, only comes from God. So we find joy in life. And we live the truth in a world that lies. That's really Solomon's advice. But I wanna, want you to zero in on the last part of chapter 15. It says, during the days of his life that God gives him under the sun. Solomon is reminding us God is in control. He gave us life and he guides us through life. God is in control. Now we would probably, there's probably no one here that would argue that. If I said, is God in control? You'd say yes. But do you live that way? <laughs> or do we live as if we're in control? We often talk about God being in control and then live as if there is no God at all. That we're in control. So Solomon is, is reminding us again, God's in control here. God is in control. Remember, the entirety of Ecclesiastes is really about comparing two lives. One, under the sun or on the earth, as he says in this passage, which is apart from God. 
And then the, the, the life that is with God, the life of fearing God. He compares these two pretty much the whole way through Ecclesiastes. And so we keep seeing this statement, God is in control. He keeps reminding us that, in it, that, that there is a God and it ain't us. There is a God and it ain't you. And, and He is in control. Even the hard times come from His wisdom. Solomon has said it, the days of prosperity and the days of challenge both come from the same God by His wisdom for your good, your benefit. So by His purpose, He, he, he controls all things. God is in control. And then he, he talks about sleepless days and nights. He, he says, now, I think we all can, can uh, relate to a sleepless day or night, can't we? We can all kind of relate to this. Now Solomon's talking about it in his search of wisdom. He's saying that, that he's searching for wisdom so hard he never closes his eyes. He's looking so hard for wisdom that he just never sleeps. He's, he's, he never takes his eye off the ball. He's always searching and so that's kind of how Solomon means it, but it's the same for us, isn't it? Because even though we know God, we still have sleepless nights wondering what God is doing, wondering what's going on, why God brought this to us. We still have these sleepless nights. I wish I could tell you that by coming to Christ, the sleepless, sleepless nights end, but they don't. We still, if we're honest, at least in my experience, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. In my experience, I still have sleepless nights, wondering what God is doing. It, it's in fact my own kind of, of search for wisdom, isn't it? Solomon's search for wisdom with sleepless nights, I search for the, for the wisdom of God in sleepless nights sometimes. I think we understand the sleepless nights. I think we can relate to this. Now, where we have the most problem, I have said it from this podium, I will continue to say it, where we disagree with God the most is timing. We don't disagree with His sovereignty. We don't disagree with, with uh, His power. We disagree with His timing. We want what we want when we want it. And we have a calendar. We're looking at this calendar and saying, God, I need this by this date. We tell him not only what to do, but when to do it by. That's how we deal with God. God doesn't have a calendar. God is working on you. And so he doesn't have a calendar. He's not going by your time frame. He is in control and he's working his way. And his way is often mysterious. How much, how much of our lives do you think we spend worrying about a future that never happens? How much of our lives do we spend toiling over something that we think is going to happen that never does? How much wasted life <laughs> have, do we have in worrying about stuff that never comes? We have sleepless, sleepless nights. We have this worry. We have this anxiety. And we know God is in control. So the first point here is God is in control. We aren't. 
Now that's good news and bad news. It's good news because we're not capable. <laughs> it's bad news because we don't want it to be that way. We want to be. But God is in control. And this, this, the second thing, verse 17, Solomon says that he spent all this time dis- in discovery, all this time searching for wisdom, and what he found was ignorance. What he found was that he, he sees that God is at work, but he, can't, but he has no idea what God's doing or why he's doing it. God works in mysterious ways. He is, he is working in unexpected ways because they just... He, he did all of this search to find out he doesn't know. He, he did all of this search to come to the conclusion that he's ignorant. Kind of a wasted life, isn't it? Couldn't we just settle now? God's in control. Good enough. And God's at work. Good enough. Amen? We could just stop there. I won't, but we could. (laughs) Because we can't miss the point that God's at work. It may not seem like it. We often think, we look at the world around us and we think, God really needs to do something about this situation or those people. Right? We have it all figured out. This situation, those people, they gotta, they got to be dealt with. But there's some comfort in knowing God is at work, isn't there? I think there's a great comfort. Just as God is in control, God is at work is a great comfort. It's a great comfort because we can look back, we can, we can look up and say, okay, I know you're at work. I don't understand it, but I know you're at work. How has God worked in the past? Think about, think through some of your Bible stories. The Israelites, they're in, they're in captivity in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years. They have forgotten God by this point. This is several generations. And so what does God do? God chooses a guy who's been kicked out of Egypt for murder to go back and get him. And he crushes, God crushes the, the most powerful empire on earth at the time by this one guy who was a murderer, Moses. God uses unexpected people. And when the, the Israelites got to the land that they were promised, they run into this big city. You know this story. This big city, Jericho, huge walls, a terrible people. All, all, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What does God say? God says, march around it for seven days and blow your horn. What a battle plan this is, right? March around it seven days and blow your horn. It works. The walls fall. We know the story of Jericho. The walls fall. God works in mysterious ways. Unexpected outcomes. Babylon, Assyria, the the Chaldeans. He has used godless people to bring his people back in relationship with him again and again and again. He uses unexpected people to do his work. God's at work in unexpected ways. When the time was perfect, God came in human form, lived a sinless life, and died on a cross for you and for me. God himself in human form coming to sacrifice himself for us. An unexpected salvation for you and I. 
Think about how God works. In, in, in every way, it's unexpected. You want to win? Surrender. You want to be powerful? Submit. You want to receive? Give. Everything about God is unexpected. So why would we expect God to work in, an, in the way we expect? God always works in unexpected ways. He always works in mysterious ways. Has God worked in a mysterious way in your life? I think I could probably answer that for you. I think everyone here knows a story, has a story of their own life where God has just worked in an, in an amazing way a, way, a completely unexpected way to bring about uh, uh, something that was much better than you could have, uh, have wished for. God works in mysterious ways. He doesn't work by our time schedule. He doesn't work by our calendar. He works His way, His purpose in your life. But His eyes are never sleepy. They are always focused on you. Always. God is in control, and God is at work. He's at work, and He's, in, he's at work in a way you probably don't expect. You know, in, uh, in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about having eyes to see and ears to hear. And I think there's some great wisdom in that, just understanding sometimes we need to stop and, ha- and get eyes to see. Here's what I mean by that. There's a couple of ways. I keep a prayer list, and I keep it an ongoing prayer list. It is, uh, it's in the same book, and I keep those books for years. That book... I can look back, I can stop in July and look back at January and see what I've been praying for. And when I look back, I can see how many times God has worked in an unexpected way. We do this often in our Wednesday night prayer group. Around Thanksgiving, we'll take a look back at the year and just see how God has worked this year. It's a great way to get eyes to see God is at work even though I I don't understand how or why. It's a great way to see that God's in control and God's at work, is to keep a prayer list that you can look back on and see how many times he's answered prayer that you didn't even notice, that that you, you were completely oblivious to, and yet he answered in an unexpected way. Another way to do this is journaling. I've never really caught on to journaling, but if you're a journal, if you do the, the journaling, keep, keep a journal and, and put in there how God's working today in your life and what you're asking Him for in your life. Put it in your journal. And then six months, eight months, a year later, look back and see how many times God has answered those prayers, answered those requests, worked Exactly the work you're asking in a way you never, under, you never expected. God works in mysterious ways. God does the unexpected. God works in the unexpected more than we ever could realize. How many, how many car accidents have we not been in because God worked the unexpected? How many, how many times has he saved us from ourselves without ever knowing, without us ever realizing. God works in mysterious ways. 
But here's the two things I want you to go home thinking. God is in charge. And God is at work. He's work at work in you. He's at work through you. He's at work in your situation right now. Will you understand it? Probably not. Look back at history. Look at how God has always worked. You'll see it wouldn't be the way we'd choose. You know, Noah wasn't a shipbuilder. But that's who built the ark. He would never be the guy we'd choose. The, 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 the original disciples of Jesus, we would never choose these guys. They wouldn't make it past our little background check <laughs> to, to, to be deacons here. And God chose them to change the world. God works in the unexpected. He works in unexpected ways and unexpected people. Even you and I. God's at work. God's in charge. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. Do you need to give control back to God this morning? Have you grasped control of your life? Have you decided, I'm in charge here? Do you need to take this moment to give control back to God? Do you need to take this moment and take a step of faith toward God? Do you know Jesus? I talked about God coming in human flesh and dying in your place for your sin. Do you know Him? Because you can. It's a simple prayer, and you can follow along in your own words and, and simply say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've, I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died to pay my price. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life, empower me, that I might have eyes to see and ears to hear when you're working in my life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. If you know Christ, will you turn control of your life over to Him? Will you trust that He's working in your life? God is in control and God is at work. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, for the reminder that you're God and we're not. That you're in control, we're not. And that you are at work. Help us to see you at work. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, that we might know you're at work in our lives. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.